You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. I'm going to teach on a, a subject called Grace to be Rich. Everybody say Grace to be Rich. And as you, if you're uh, if you if you're been here a while, you know that personally, I don't teach a lot on finances. Um, I have people every Sunday morning. Uh, every Wednesday night, five minutes. We've done that for uh, 29 years, and I'm not changing now. And so we've done that for 29 years. Um, you know, I have different people who I trust to get up. Uh, our associates, other people uh, get up. Um, Ollie does it. He's been doing it occasionally. When he became uh, the treasurer of the board, he said, do I have to take up the offering? And I said, no, not yet, but we worked him into it. Anyway, so um, you know, we're a little sneaky around here sometimes. And so, um, but, so I've got, I really wasn't even going to do this today, but the Lord wouldn't let it go by, uh, because you need to know this. This is a foundational teaching. I'm a little, my microphone's a little much for me. Um, there, this is a foundational teaching and, uh, I want you to get it because if you'll get this, you'll be able to answer a lot of people on why we talk about money. And now, now listen to me, because I know you're in the room, so that means you kind of like me or you trust me. Um, if you have a problem with money, this message today should set you free. If you want to know why we talk about it, this message, if you'll hear it with your spirit, it'll set you free. Um, a lot of people, uh, and, and when people talk about error in the body of Christ, one of the things they talk about is those prosperity preachers, you know? And so... You know, you need to be careful not to chime in and chirp in with them. Because, you know, I, I don't understand the body of Christ. I guess it's okay for them, for the drug dealers and the movie stars and all that kind of stuff. They can have a private jet, but somebody's doing the gospel. No, you can't have one. You're supposed to be humble. Well, we're going to fix all that today. Now, listen to me. Have people misused finances? Oh, yeah. Are there some, uh, the old days they used to call preachers charlatans. Um, are there still some, um, <laughs> yeah, there is. And a lot of them are on TV. <laughs> they are. And uh, you need to be careful of those kind of things. But don't throw away the good news, what God has provided, because some people are crazy. I say it like this all the time. You know, um, I've never used my uh, car to kill anybody. I use it to drive. But people have misused cars. Uh, I use this one, the funny one. Um, I like to wear cologne, but I've also been in an elevator with someone who misused theirs. You know? Like, woo, get me up out of here. Right? Amen? It is, are there fake stuff? Well, I don't know what's popular, but like, I don't know, this uh, Prada, you know, or what, what's Gucci or, I don't know, uh, Rolex. Um, oh, that watch I asked my wife for for my birthday, she got it. That was a clue. That was a good one. I did it from the pulpit, so she said, I, well, I had to get it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Um, but anyway, um, but if there's a real Rolex, there's also fake. So if there's godly real prosperity, there's also fake stuff. And so you got to be careful. I, I, what am I going to do today? Well, I'm going to teach you the word, and then you're going to have to decide. Everybody say grace to be rich. So we've been talking about grace, and there's all kinds of grace. There's saving grace. Are you grateful that you found saving grace? Are you born again? Are you going to heaven? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Are you sure about it? Are you sure about it? Then you have by faith received Jesus as Savior, and you've made him the Lord of your life. Right? Serving grace. Does everybody have it? Oh, come on, the other two-thirds of you. All right. Come on. Does everybody have serving grace? There is some, uh, it's half of you. Anyway, we'll work on the rest of you because you're afraid. Well, if I admit that I have serving grace, that means I got to do something. Yes, you got to get off your blessed assurance and do something. Whether it's in church or out of church, you're supposed to, God's given you something. In your mother's womb before you did anything right or wrong. Don't get, don't get me going on this. I got other stuff to do. But everybody's called to serve. Everybody's called to serve. Everybody's called to serve. You're a part of the body of Christ. There's never been an eye, Your eyeball doesn't float outside your body. Your ear is not detached. 
Are you grateful you got two lungs, two kidneys? Are they supposed to be working? That's the body of Christ. Amen. Come on, in your family, if you had a family of, you know, a mom and a dad and eight children, if one child did all the work, I think that one child would be mad at the other seven. We're not getting mad at anybody around here, but the truth of the matter is, every part of the body ought to function. You've been supplied by the Holy Ghost and by grace to do something for God. Amen. And then we talked about living grace. Aren't you glad you can be free? Aren't you glad you can be free? So much, so much. All right. So this, though, is called grace to be rich. Say it one more time. Grace, grace. to be rich. Now, you're not going to be afraid of this. Second Corinthians chapter 8. What is grace? Grace is God's side. Can you do anything to earn it? Can you earn salvation? Can you earn it? Is there anything you can do to work to get it? No, but you had to believe something and say something. Right? It's grace to serve. Did, did you earn it? So you're not serving. Grace is grace is grace is grace. See, that's the whole problem with that one. We're going to get stuck on this one. I have a feeling we, gotta go, we may have to go back and circle around to get it, pick it back up again. Because, see, you, you can't be anyone you're, you want to be. You're supposed to be the person God made you. By the grace of God, I am what I am. And so grace is, again, free. And that way, if you find it, it'll help you on Monday if you'll do it on Sunday. Because that grace carries you throughout your life. And how do you serve grace? Everything I do, I do unto the Lord, right? And that grace, how do I get it? By faith. I believe that I have it, therefore I, I operate in it, and I won't frustrate it. And so that's not just for preachers. That's not just for praise and worship leaders. That's not just for ushering. That's not just for taking care of the children. That serving grace, that grace that God's given you, you, if you'll learn how to cooperate with it, it'll help you on Monday. It'll promote you on Tuesday. It'll get you the corner office on Wednesday. It'll get you a raise on Thursday and make you the president of a company on Friday. That was all inspiration. I didn't think of that. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. If you'll learn how to walk, grace. He said, grace is essential for this hour. While Pastor Ron and I were praying, and even the prophetic utterance that I had on December the 12th, he said, grace is important. Grace is essential is what he said to me. Grace is essential. Well, you know about essential, that means it's out front. So grace is essential for this hour. And so this grace to be rich then is essential to you, but how do you get it? It's offered by God. All grace is God's part. All grace is God's part. Now let's look at this, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be made rich. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, has a lot to say about grace. So this is our foundation. This should be your foundation for all teaching and receiving on prosperity. If you don't start here, it becomes works. If it doesn't start here, it becomes works. And you can't work to get your salvation. You don't work to get your serving grace. You don't work to have living grace. All grace is God's side. And when it's God's side and you realize it's God's side and it's God's idea. Okay, listen to this. So Jesus became poor. Well, how about this? 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 21. You all know this one. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he made him to be sin. Are you grateful that through grace Jesus became sin? For he made him. He didn't just take your sin. He was made sin. He was made sin for us. He didn't know any sin. He was rich, and yet he was made poor. Well, that's when he left heaven and came to earth. He was in a manger. No! <laughs> this is talking about spiritually. It didn't, it, he's not talking about no manger here. He's not talking about walking on streets of gold and then walking on dirt roads. Yes, that's true, but that is not what this is talking about. He left the splendor of glory. He absolutely did. And I'm glad that you understand that heaven is a bountiful, beautiful place. But that's not what 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 is talking about. It's talking about this. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, that you can be made something. 
Come on, are you, who are you? Are you born again? Then he became sin so that you could become righteous. Who are you today? Who are you today? Remember, they came to John the Baptist to say, who are you? He said, well, I can tell you who I'm not. I'm not the Christ. I'm not the, so you got to know who you're not and you got to know who you are. Who are you? Who are you? Who, I'm a son of God. What does that mean? I'm a child of God. What does that mean? It means I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not righteous in myself. I'm righteous in him. Why? Because he who knew no sin became sin so I could become the righteousness of God in Christ. I know I say it all the time. So that makes you no longer a sinner. I know if you grew up a certain denomination or two, they have, they have pumped into you. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. You're a sinner. But hang out around here, and I'm going to pump into you. You are righteous. You are righteous. You are righteous. You are righteous. Not because of you, but because of him and because of what you believe. Woo, glory to God. Well, 1 Peter 2.24 says this, Who his own self bear our sin on his own body in the tree. That he being dead to sin should live under righteous by whose stripes you were healed. When did Jesus take your sickness and disease? On the cross. At the whipping post. They laid those stripes on his back. Right? He took every sickness. He took every disease. And he took it upon himself. Why? So that you could by his stripes be healed. So are you, see, then you've got to understand this. Are you the sick trying to get healed? Or are you the healed remaining healed? <laughs> see, are you the sick trying to get something that's already been provided for you? Or are you understanding who you are and I'm the healed of the Lord and I'm going to maintain, I don't care what comes my way, I'm going to maintain what God said because he, he healed me when he took stripes on his back. It's a transfer. It's a transfer. And so in the same way, why I went over that is, and you can look at Isaiah 53. We don't have time. Well, we're going. Let's do it. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Surely he has borne our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Galatians 3, 13 and 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is every man that hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of spirit through faith. Why am I going over this? Because you've got to clearly understand 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. It's not talking about natural side of things. It's talking about what Jesus did on the cross. On the cross, grace offered you salvation, didn't it? Did you take it? How'd you take it? By faith. By a feeling? Could you work for it? Could, could, could you ever do enough work to be saved? No, because it, it's by grace. How? Grace offers you being born again. Did you take it? How'd you take it? You worked for it. You worked for it. And then you worked harder. Because you got to do something. Because you got to do something. (laughs) I'm just setting you up real good. Healing. Can you do it? Can you work to get your healing? No. Can Can you just, oh, I could get, I could get a little... See, it's not just even, if I confess enough, when I hit my 1,000th confession by Jesus stripes, I'm healed, then he owes me. He owes me because I'm a good word of faither. (laughs) No. When Jesus took the stripes on his back, what happened? That's grace offering you healing. Healing is a mercy of God. It belongs to you just like salvation belongs to you. But how do you get it? By faith. You access what he's done. Finances, prosperity is the same way. You have to be very careful that you do not get into a works mentality when it comes to grace to be rich. And 
I, we, we've, we've talked about these things over the years here, but I just want to make sure you got it. Do you got it? Do you understand that God is the one who decides? You know what? He could have offered you born again and stopped. Would that, would have that, would that be amazing that you don't have to go to hell and you get to go to heaven? That you because he could have he could have just said been one sided and say well I'm going to take their sin their iniquities and uh, I, I'm, and we're going to be done but God the Father decided not to be done grace offered you salvation grace offered you physical healing and grace offers you the ability to be blessed it's grace it's grace. It's grace. If it doesn't start in grace, it becomes works. If it doesn't start in grace, then it's not free. And if it's not free, that means you got to earn it. And oh, you foolish Galatians, he said, how is it that you start out in the spirit and now you're going to go back to the law and you're going to be made perfect or you're going to receive based on what you do? So, you know, I say like this, oh, us foolish Cornerstonians. How, you know, you got to be careful that as you learn these things, you don't get over into a works program. You can't get there from salvation. You know you can't get there from healing. Do not do it in this area. There's keys, and that's why we talk to them about them all the time, and it's something you deal with. And the God of this world, Satan himself, one of the areas he loves to mess with you the most about and people the most about is with finances and money. Because Satan is the God of this world, and he has a lot of control over this worldly system. And so he really likes to mess in this area. But everybody says, I have grace to be rich. How did you receive salvation? Well, you know, we looked at it over and over again. Ephesians chapter two, uh, verse eight, by grace through faith. And then we looked in uh, Romans chapter five, two, that we have access into this grace wherein we stand by faith. Everybody say, I have access to grace by faith. And then remember Romans 12, 6 says that we prophesy, which is a grace gift, in proportion to our faith. So everybody say this, I walk in grace, by the proportion, by what I believe, I walk by faith. You understand? It's by the, how do you increase the grace that's coming to you? You increase your proportion of faith. How do you increase the grace of salvation? How many know salvation is not just born again? Salvation includes healing. Salvation includes doing well. Today, you need this. Salvation includes protection. Amen. That's all salvation. That's the word so-so. That's what it means. It's more than just being born again. Salva uh, salvation includes healing, but healing here brings out. That's available to you. And how many know the hour we live in, the last days, the, the, we, we, we got to understand how to access by faith into the grace of healing and receive it to ourselves. All right? Now, if you don't understand some of these things, Wednesday night, I've been teaching on faith. That's some of the best teaching on faith I've ever done. And so you need to get a hold of it and, and walk in it. All right. So here you are in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I want to look at some things in this chapter. What is grace? Grace is God's side. What is faith? Faith is you receiving. Faith does not have to, faith is not Making God do something. Faith is not prying the hand open, God's closed hand open. His hand is open anyway. Right? Faith doesn't have to move God. All faith does is receive what God has provided. If you make faith something different, you're working. Faith has become works. And it's never meant to be works. All my faith should do is receive. All I got to do is receive. But I can't receive something that grace doesn't make available. That's why we said it. and we said, I heard another preacher say it, and I just adopted it, and I haven't given him credit anymore. But if you preach on grace only, it's criminal. Because you can't receive what grace provides unless you know what faith, how to take your faith and grab a hold of it. And then if you preach faith only and don't preach grace, then you get very worky. Is that a word? Very worky. Very law, right? Do you need both? What kind of church are we? We're a grace and a faith church, right? We're both because you need both. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So let's look at this. I find this very interesting. In chapter 8 and 9, we're going to look at all the places where the word grace, meaning God's side, is mentioned. 
So chapter, chapter 8, 2 Corinthians, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the church of Macedonia. So there's this grace, this endowment that was bestowed on the church of Macedonia. Verse 2. How then in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. In other words, this church, uh, naturally speaking, is quite poor. But they became very liberal in their giving. For to their power I bear record, yea, beyond their power. Beyond their power. Beyond their natural ability, grace kicked in and was able them to give. They were willing. Um, and, and then it goes on to um, say some things about that. Uh, well, let's keep going. Verse 4, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministry of the saints. And th this they did. Not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord. <laughs> so these people gave them own selves to the Lord. And then this grace kicked in to be liberal in their giving. And, and, and they gave it unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus. Anybody know him? Anybody know Titus? That he had begun. So he would also finish in you the same grace also. In other words, yes, the church of Macedonia, who it looked like they couldn't do anything, but a grace kicked in. And from that grace, they gave even out of their poverty, and they became very liberal in their giving. And then the Spirit of God, through the Apostle Paul, brings out a guy named Titus, who has obviously grabbed a hold of this grace in his life, and he said that he would finish. That means it started already. You've got this grace. You just don't know about it yet. No, you've got this grace You've got this grace because you're born again. This grace is available to you because you're born again. And that you need to go to finishing school. Because you need to understand it's in there. You just got to learn to work with this grace. Come on. Grace is not just um, God offering you something. Grace is God's power. Grace is God's ability. Oh, I'm going to have to hurry up with you. Are, are you understanding what I'm saying? Grace is God's ability. So, so Titus has tapped into this grace. This church, this church at Macedonia has tapped into this grace. Therefore, as you abound in everything, in faith. All right. What are you supposed to be abounding in? You're supposed to be abounding in faith and utterance. Everybody say, I abound in faith. I abound in utterance. I abound in knowledge. I abound in diligence. And I abound in love. That's what it says. It's giving you five things to abound in. Oh, it's a series right there. I'm supposed to be abounding in faith. I'm supposed to be abounding in utterance. That's you. Right? I'm supposed to be abounding in knowledge. I'm supposed to be abounding in my diligence. I'm supposed to be, come on, I'm supposed to be in love walk. I'm not walking in love. And see to it that you abound in this grace also. Do the faith thing, get the utterance down, get knowledge, because without it, you're going to perish. Be diligent to what you've learned, and you better walk in love. But make sure you get a hold of this grace. Get a hold of this grace. Not get a hold of this works, get a hold of this grace. What grace? A giving grace. A grace that Jesus became poor that you could become rich because we're working into that. And I speak not by commandment, by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove my sincerity of your love. For you know, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. This same, so, see, if, if, you, if you just read that, you might say, what, how can you prove that that grace is talking about uh, uh, giving and finances and money? Because the whole thing is talking about that. He, he hasn't changed the subject, so it's talking about giving grace. It's talking about finances. It's talking about money. Come on, money is not evil. The love of it is. I said money's not evil. The love of it is. And you can't serve two masters. You'll love one and hate the other. Amen. Money is a great tool, but like what Pastor Robert said not long ago, it's a horrible God. Money's a hor How can you tell if money is people's God? They make decisions by it. In other words, everything they do, they have to decide the money factor before they make a decision. That is not how you're supposed to make decisions. You make decisions by the word of God and the leading of the Holy Ghost, and the money stuff will just follow. But if you make decisions by money, then you, you, you've got things askew. They're out of order. Praise the Lord. You good? Everybody good? Everybody say, I know the grace. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. And then let's look at this. 
<laughs> Glory to God. All right, let's look at, um, where are we going? Let's look at 19. And not only, not, and not that only, but who was also chosen the churches to travel with us with this grace, which administered by us of the glory of the same Lord and declaration to your ready mind. So they're talking about this grace. All right. So let's look over. Let's keep going. Let's um, look at 2 Corinthians 9, 18. 9, 9, 8, I mean. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. It says, God is able. Verse 9, chapter 9, verse 8. And everybody say, God is able. To do what? Now, all grace here is talking about all the financial grace. He, again, hasn't changed subjects. No, he's just talking about saving grace. No, he's not. He, he, he can keep a train of thought. The Holy Ghost is good at that. He's got, God is able to make all grace, all giving grace, abound to you. Now, that's what you've got to start believing God's, that grace has been made, that all of that has been made available to me. That I have, oh, let's keep first things first. That I always have all sufficiency in all things abound to every good work. See, if you make grace the first things first and keep it the way the Bible says, because it doesn't say, and God has make all grace available to you. Don't any prosperity teachers about to write to me right now because I don't really care what you say. God is able to make all grace abound to you that you would have a Cadillac, that you would have a big house, that you would have marble everywhere in your house. That's not your first thought. If that's your first thought, you're out of, you're out of whack. This grace is available to make you sufficient so that you can give to every good work. That's why around here, and see if, you, if you've just got in on the end of things, we always say this around here, I am blessed to be a... Yeah, you have seven houses with seven bathrooms. Have seven cars. Have a Mercedes for Monday, a Beamer for Tuesday, uh, a Ferrari for Wednesday, a Camaro for Thursday, a Hummer for Friday. I'm trying to think of all the big ones. Whatever. If that's what you want, then do that. But if God ever asks for one or he asks for all seven of them once, you just better give them all away. It's not that the things God, he, he doesn't, he wants you to have things as long as things don't have you. And if you don't have something, you can't give it away. If you don't have something, you can't give it away. But the grace is make it, that this grace is made is is available so that the first priority is that you have enough sufficiency to give into all good works. See, you as a person of grace and a person of faith, your first thought is always sowing. Tithing, sowing. Why? I'll just skip ahead. See, tithing is not a work. It's a corresponding action. Giving is not a work. See, I'm not giving to get. I give because I believe something. I don't tithe. I'm not tithing to make the windows of heaven open. They're already open. I'm tithing because I believe something that I read. I believe that grace is available to me. No, I really do believe that this grace, Jesus became poor, that I could become, this grace, Jesus became poor, that I could become, I really believe that. I really believe that this grace is abounding to me. And because I believe that, then my corresponding action is to tithe. I'm not tithing to get God to do something, I'm tithing because I believe something. I'm not sowing seed to see that so I can get a hundredfold return. I'm sowing a seed because all grace is abounding in me. It has made me sufficient. And yes, when I sow, I'll always reap because I believe that I have this grace working in my life. No, I, I believe that I have this grace working, <laughs> this all abundant grace working in me. And so when I cooperate with the word, yes, you got to do the principles. Yes, what Robert said, everything was 100% right. And they're saying that. But if you don't start, and I, I guess sometimes we assume too much that you understand that this is all grace. This was not my idea. This is not a prosperity preacher's idea. This was Jesus's idea. Because he could have stopped at your salvation and said, born again, good enough. But he didn't. Father God decided, you know what? I want, I want to put them back in the garden. I want to put them back in a garden. I want their life to be like a garden. So I want to make grace abound to them. 
I'm going to make grace abound to them. And when this grace, oh, God is able to make all grace abound to you. That you always, everybody say always. Are you, are you excited a little bit, Pastor Mark? I am. Because see, if you get this, this works. Works don't work. Grace, receiving by faith, taking that in and then having corresponding actions with what you believe. That's what works. That's what works. People hear a little part. They start tithing and giving. And then, you know, there's no a million dollar check in the mail. And so this don't work. This don't work. The word of God always works. The word of God always works. But you have to come at it from how he comes at it. And he comes at it from grace. Receiving, uh, stepping into, walking in by faith. I have access into this grace to make me rich. And if that word scares you, it just means an abundant supply. Always having enough. No, always having enough. Always having enough. I remember when I didn't have enough to give in to every good work. It's frustrating. Because you see something you want to do and you can't do it. So, you know what? I began to do what I could do with what I did have. With finances? Yeah, with finances, but more with grace. Until you get a revelation of this grace abounding to you, it will limit you. But when you figure out that this grace is abounding to you in this area, and you have a heart to abound to every good work, this grace does what? Can grace increase? Oh, yeah, it can multiply. Grace can multiply. Can your faith increase? Should your faith increase? What's your faith doing? It's increasing to grab a hold of this grace of all sorts. All right, I got to keep going. Hallelujah. Y'all good? Everybody good? All right. So uh, other things, um, but let's look at verse 14. And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. So there's an exceeding grace. So it's talking about giving and receiving, but there's an exceeding. So I want everybody to say, I have an exceeding grace in me. So that's in you. It's abounding to you. What grace? The grace that Jesus became poor, that you could become rich. And this grace makes me want to have enough to give into every good work. This grace, though, is not just about money. This grace does so many things. Everybody remember Joseph in the Old Covenant? Remember Joseph? His daddy liked him, made him a coat of many colors. Dolly Parton made a coat, had a coat of many colors, whatever, I don't know. Uh, there's, there's coats of many colors, hallelujah. And remember all his brothers hate him because he had a dream. Remember in his dream, everybody's going to bow down and worship him. Woo, that's a good way to make your brothers happy with you, hallelujah. You're about to worship me, oh, glory to God. No, they got mad. And then he even told his daddy, and his daddy wasn't even happy with him. The Bible says his daddy pondered those things, but the others pondered how to get rid of him. And so, you know, they were going to kill him, and they decided not to, and they sold him into slavery, into Potiphar's house. I want you to look at this in Genesis 39, because this grace is a New Testament thing, but this grace in the Old Covenant was favor. And so if it's favor in the Old Covenant, then grace also is favor in the New Covenant, because we didn't lose anything, we gained everything. We have a new and better covenant. So if you find something that worked in the Old Covenant, you take that, and you have it new and better. God didn't remove anything. So the grace here that was on his life before, um, uh, before Jesus, I want you to see this in Genesis 39, uh, chapter 39, verse 2. And the Lord was with Joseph. Is the Lord with you? Yes. Now, who is Joseph at this point in chapter 39? He's a slave. Do you know any rich slaves? Not many. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a he was a prosperous man. What? He was, how could he be a prosperous man? Huh. And why? Because God was with him. Is God with you? And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and the master saw. So this grace on your life can be seen. This blessing on your life can be seen. The blessing of the Lord make you rich and add no sorrow to you. How'd you get that blessing? Because you're born again. You've got an abounding grace working on you. It can be seen. When you're at work, they should be able to see something different about you. There's a grace on you. There's a favor on you. And and it said, uh, and so he made everything, uh, and the Lord made all that Joseph did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph then found grace in in, in, in Potiphar's sight. 
and he served him, and then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had, he put into his hand. So, so, the favor, so favor started on Joseph's life with God, but then it created favor with man. Isn't that what the Bible says about Jesus? Jesus had favor with God and favor with man. What about you? What about you? What about this grace? What it'll do for you? It'll give you favor with God, and then what will it do? It'll give you favor at work. It'll give you favor at school. It'll give you favor everywhere you go. And what, what's good about favor is it's not fair. God will give you favor. Amen. Favor is not fair. Why do I say that? Because God does things for you that he may not do for anybody else, but the favor of God is upon you. Come on, everybody say, favor, favor. is on me. Come on, surely goodness and mercy follow you all the days of your life. Come on, are you highly favored? Are you highly favored? <laughs> so everything was in Joseph. Remember, then uh, Joseph got in trouble, Potiphar's wife, all that stuff. But let's look at Genesis 39, verse 20 through 23. It says, and Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. So that's a favor chart right there. He didn't just go to any prison. He went to the best prison. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to have to go to prison, wouldn't you want to go to the best prison? Well, I don't want to go, but he, he, you know, well, why did the Lord let that happen? Well, because we'll, we'll see at the end, but it says a place where the king's prisoners were bound and he was there in prison. And then it says, but the Lord was with Joseph. He didn't leave him because he was in prison. Everybody, can you see that? He was with Joseph and he showed him mercy and gave him what? Everybody say, I have favor. So he had favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. What happened? Then the keeper of prison looked not at anything. He committed everything in Joseph's hand. Why? Because Joseph had favor. Because the Lord was with him, and all that he did, the Lord made to prosper. So it doesn't matter where you're at, as long as you've got the favor of God in your life, you're going to raise to the top. Doesn't matter where you're at, doesn't matter what the devil tries, if you'll walk in this grace, which is the favor of God, doesn't matter where you are. Come on, it doesn't, it's really not about you. It's about the favor of God on you. So it doesn't matter what you look like. doesn't matter your education. doesn't matter where you were born, how you were born, whether you were a loved child or a not wanted child. Doesn't matter. None of that matters. What matters is this, that the grace of God is on your life. And that grace translates into favor. And wherever you go, no matter the circumstances, it does not matter. You can be at Potiphar's house or you could be in prison, but God is still with you and you're going to rise to the top. You're going to rise to the top. I'm talking about this. It's New Testament grace. But in the Old Covenant, it said he found grace in his sight. It, 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 the Lord, uh, it, and he found grace in the sight of Potiphar. Here he is in prison, and he's got that grace. And then you know what happened in Genesis 41, 38 through 44. Remember, the, the, he had, Pharaoh had a dream. And basically what happened, just for time's sake, what happened is that Joseph interpreted the dream and then Pharaoh made him number two in charge. He was number two at Potiphar's house. He was number two at the prison. It was all destiny to make him ready for being number two at, the Pharaoh, at Pharaoh's house. It's amazing that you can go from the prison to the palace in one moment of time because of the grace or the favor of God in your life. It doesn't depend on the circumstances. It depends on your God. It depends on what you believe about the grace on your life, what you believe about the favor on your life. If you don't like where you're at, you keep walking with God. You keep believing with God. You keep tapping into that grace. And then one day, expect, unexpectedly maybe, but immediately, you can be in a better position doing better things because the grace of God is on your life. But you've got to tap into it by faith. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but Joseph was in the hall of faith. I mean, it was in there, it's just one scripture, but it says, you know, uh, he told them, he prophesied to them, you know, after the, after all, after, after dad and all the brothers and everybody came and it grew into a great big place and they lived in Goshen, you know, and the Pharaohs changed. And so they didn't have favor anymore, but Joseph prophesied to them. He said, uh, when we leave, because we're going back to the land of our land of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we're going back to the promised land. And when we go, you take my bones out of here. Don't you leave them in Egypt. So he even prophesied about their deliverance because he believed. He knew that God, because the Bible says at the end of Genesis, it said God sent Joseph ahead to save the people alive. That was his destiny, to save them alive. And it happened just like the dream. 
But what that, that, that grace, that, um, that favor that was on his life positioned him to do the very thing God called him to do. And he was a man of faith. And he had to access what that favor on his life. He had to access it because he was in some tough spots. The psalmist said the, the word of the Lord tried him. The word of the Lord tried him until those dreams came, until that dream came to pass. So just because you feel tried, just because you feel like everything's not going your way, you got to believe in the grace of God on your life. You got to believe in the grace of God and access it by faith. And you'll have it. Amen. Praise God. Um, um, you remember in uh, Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, we, we talk about in proportion to your faith. But one of the giving graces that is a giving grace. Romans 12, 8 says, on he that exhorts, on exhortation, he that gives, let him do it with simplicity. So again, it's just it's saying again, giving is a grace. Giving uh, and so with that grace, you've got to apply some faith to access it. But that's there on your life. There's so many things I wanted to talk to you about. Um, let's, see, let's see what we can do here. Lord, Lord, Lord. Um, we've been looking at this one, so let's just do it um, for time's sake. Let's go to Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter 20. Acts 20. Look at verse 32. We've been looking at this verse. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. What's that word of grace going to do? It'll build you up. And do what? Give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. So you have an inheritance. Amen. It said, and then the apostle Paul said this, I have coveted no man's silver, gold, or apparel. How many know coveting is bad? See, Pastor Mark, you're not supposed to have silver, gold, or apparel. No, he said he didn't covet after it. Yea, you yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my own necessities. So in this case, he was making tents, and the grace of God was for him to do that. Does that mean every preacher ought to make tents? I don't think they want this one to make tents. I don't think they could do anything with it. Uh, it doesn't mean that, because um, the Bible says a minister is worthy of his hire and worth a double portion. So you have to take this understanding where he's at here. It says, you yourself know that these hands have ministered to my necessities and to them that were with me. I have, verse 35, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said what? It is more, can everybody say it? It's more, it's more what? To give than? But if you give, you will. So that you can, let's, let's practice this. It's more blessed to, than to, but if, you, but if you give, what are you going to do? So that you can, so that you can, so that you can. We have to change our thinking. That's my priority is being a blessing. Does God want you to be blessed? Does he want you to have nice things? Don't, 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 don't get weak on me. Does God want you to have nice things? He does. But he also wants your priority to be what? Giving. Why? Because you have a grace on your life. And this grace compels you to give. And then when you are compelled to give, God is compelled to make sure you receive. Because God is a giver, but he is real interested in receiving harvest. He gave his best when he gave you Jesus, that was the seed. You're his harvest. You're his harvest. Seed, time, harvest. Don't forget the harvest. Does God want you to harvest? Yeah. Why? So that you have more seed. So that you can sow. In finances, that's what this is all about. We are blessed to be a blessing. I love to come up here sometimes and just look at the wall with those flags. We, we someday are going to make them bigger and do something different with them. But when I look at those, I don't look at countries and people. I, I look at harvest. I look at souls. 
I think of my friend Patty, Akui, and James in Samoa. I think about them going to islands. I love getting their newsletter. They're going to islands that have never heard the word of the Lord before. And they always come back with reports of salvations and healings. You and I are a part of that. It's called, the, it's called uh, uh, Uttermost because she's going to the uttermost. She's going to the last places on the earth. They get in a ship. I've been on that ship. It's pretty cool. And they go dock on islands that have never heard the word of the Lord before. It's amazing. But we're blessed. We're blessed that we can bless them. I said, we're blessed that we can bless them. We're blessed that we can bless them. It's so cool around here, in case you're new, uh, 10% of everything that we get in goes to these flags on the wall. We're going to Bible schools all over the world so they can train ministers. So your tithe is working everywhere. And then plus we give things too. It's fun. I mean, we've given missionaries cars and help pay off buildings and build buildings and stuff. So your, your seed is always work. But we as Cornerstone, we have this grace abounding in our life. I remember when we built this building because we were a smaller church. Uh, it got back to me. Somebody said, um, I, that rich church. Say on, brother. <laughs> call, call me that. Call us that. That rich church. Well, this rich church, first priority is giving. Come on. And when we, we make that our first priority, what happens? That grace kicks in and it begins to abound. Because and the reason we're giving, the reason that I started doing it that way, because I believed it personally for me. So I believed if it worked personally for me, it would also work for the church. And I have some Old Testament pattern. The Kohatites who kept the temple, they tithe the tithe. And that's, my, that's a pattern. And so that's why we do it. But then we give above that. Come on, do you understand? I, I, I wanted to get it all to you today. I, I probably got more to get to you. But, but if you understand this, then it takes the works out of money. Do you have to do all the things that we're doing that you hear? Yes, yes, yes. But if you got, you got to start with this foundation. It is God's grace to make you rich. You should have this grace on your life. It should abound. And see, that's not just for Sunday. And it translates then also into favor. Come on, it, it, it'll work in your career. You, you can get promotions. You can get bonuses. You can get raised. Why? Because the favor of God surrounds you like a shield. It's not as much about you. Yes, you've got to work, but, but it's a corresponding. If you get it this way, then it's a corresponding. Everything I do, I do unto the Lord. I, th this grace is working on the inside. I am who I am by the grace of God. I am who I am by the grace of God. I am who I am by the grace of God. And God, if you put me here, then I'm going to tap into this grace. It abounds in me. It abounds in me. And that grace, then what does it do? It shows that God is with me, just like he was with Joseph. It doesn't matter where I'm at. It doesn't matter if I'm starting in the bottom because I don't have to stay in the bottom. It doesn't matter that I'm in prison. Tomorrow I could be in a palace because of the favor, because of the grace on my life. It's not about me. It's about that grace working in me. It's about that favor on my life. That's that's why, just like Jesus, favor surrounded him like a shield. Come on, he had favor with God and he had favor with man. You have favor with God. You have favor with man. Everything you do, the favor of God should be showing up. It should be showing up. I have favor with God. I have favor with man. I'm abounding in this grace. It's working in me. How do I get it? I access it by faith. I stand in it by faith. It grows in proportion to my faith. Amen. Amen. So, so I, I'm going to say it to you again. I tithe because I have grace. I believe in it. It's my corresponding action. I'm not tithing to get God to do something. I'm tithing because I believe something. I'm not sowing seed or giving offerings because I'm trying to get God. Uh, 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 I'm going to get that harmful return. I'm going to get that harmful return. Sow into my ministry and you'll get a hundredfold return. Well, if you don't have understanding of grace, you can sow and it's not coming back to you because you sow with wrong motives, a wrong heart. I'm not, I, my focus has to be on the grace of God 
receiving so that I always have enough to give into every good work. And if that's my focus, if that's my understanding of grace, then all this, I mean, does God, rich means an abundant supply. Does God want you to have a nice house? He does. Does he want you to drive a nice car? Sure, he'll give you seven. Well, I just believe that's excess. <laughs> that's God. I don't have time, but I'm going to tell you anyway. It's like manna. That's like manna in the old, co- old covenant. Not new covenant, old covenant. And these people were honoring honoring. Stiff-necked, he called them. But instead, still, he rained down manna. Come on, angel food. Bread from heaven. It sure does beat going hungry. But he did it to prove them. He rained down so much, the temptation was to hoard it. And if they did, it, it got worms. And not the kind you can eat. I don't think there's any kind you can eat. Yeah. And it stank. And it was gross. Why? Because they didn't trust God. They, they, they didn't believe he'd do what he said. And then, though, to mess with them, he said, but on the Sabbath, the day before, gather twice as much. Yeah, but I heard if you gather some, it'll stink. No, this is a special, this is what he told you to do. Why? What's the, he's a God of grace. He's a God of abundance. He's a God of goodness. Come on, if he said it, he's going to do it. What's he telling them? You don't have to uh, uh, gather too much because there's going to be more tomorrow. That's where we come up with the saying around here. It's like money's like dust. There'll be more tomorrow. Come on, I'm not worried about it. Money's like dust. There'll be more tomorrow. Money's like dust. There'll be more tomorrow. Because I trust God. I trust God. I got this grace working in me. You got this grace working in you? You got this grace working in you? You got this great, this saving grace, serving grace, standing grace, but you've also got this grace to be rich. It was God's idea, not yours. It was God's idea, not a preacher. It's God's idea. Just like anything else, this is not a movement. This is the word of the Lord. And you can either tap in and receive it, but it'll help you. Come on, it'll help you. It'll help you. It'll help you. Oh, and there's so many people, bless their hearts. And I get it. If you've watched somebody mess up something, if you've watched somebody be wrong with it, but don't, don't be judgy. Show people mercy. People who are judgy, which is what the devil's trying to get everybody to do today is get real judgy. It's easy to judge everybody on Facebook because you're not there looking at them eyeball to eyeball. But there's somebody still watching how judgy you are. Because the Bible says to those who are merciless in their judgment, judgment will be merciless to them. Come on, show mercy to people. Maybe people have gotten off. Maybe they wouldn't do it how you would do it. But all you need to concentrate on the fact is you have grace. Jesus became poor that you could become rich. And it's that grace that he's talking about. And you have it. Grow it. Grow it. I said, grow it. I said, grow it. Grow in grace. Grow in grace. Grow in your faith. Access all that God has for you. Amen. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.